0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: This is Aranex. This is your podcast about the technologies, people, and ideas that are shaping the shipping and ocean industries. I'm Craig Eason, Owner and Editorial Director at Fathom World. Over 2020, I've had the chance to talk to a number of people who've been driving the decarbonisation landscape of shipping. It's a fascinating time where technologies such as fuel cells and batteries are growing in power and reducing in size and price. New fuels such as ammonia and hydrogen, as well as synthetic fuels, are being talked about and tested. And wind is certainly back on the agenda. Wind assist technologies have become a loud part of the decarbonisation discussion. Flettner rotors from Norse Power are to be found on cruise ferries and cargo ships. And in previous episodes of Aranax, I've spoken to Gavin Allwright, Secretary General of the International Windship Association, which has the objective of making sure wind power is seen as a viable part of the decarbonisation mix. I've also spoken to a company like Econo Wind in the Netherlands, which has a ventifoil system now installed on a North European coastal vessel, and also Brian Boiserup with his plans for a giant sail-powered cargo ship with a rigid wingsail. Now, a new company has emerged into this nascent wind assist market. It's called Bar Technologies and it's caught the eye of Christian Oldendorf, co-owner of the ship manager Redery Nord, and owner of Amplifier, the Hamburg-based venture capitalist firm. Bar Technologies, where Bar stands for Ben Ainsley Racing, has emerged from the highly competitive world of the America's Cup, and if you don't know who Ben Ainsley is, he's Sir Charles Benedict Ainsley CBE, and probably the most successful competitive sailor the British have ever seen and he's now Skipperham, team principal of the UK team for the America's Cup. Bar Technologies emerged from this high-stakes world and believes that some of the technology of the rigid wings that were invented for high-level racing can be transferred into the more commercial world of shipping. I spoke to Simon Schofield, he's chief technology officer at Bar Technologies, and to John Cooper, the company's CEO, about the plans the company has for commercial shipping. Simon first told me about the origin of the rigid wing.
2: Larry Ellison, with Oracle BMW, conceived a wing uh, for their better win, which was a rigid wing. It was a side, it had a bigger wingspan than that of a seven four seven. So, it was a huge composite wing. And there's plenty of stuff if you look online around it. And that was. And wings have been used in sailing yachts previously. Rigid wings, but they had. Um, They've gone in fads and they've disappeared and come away. But since then in the Cup, all the teams stipulated by the rules, we've had uh, rigid two-element wings for the sailing boats. Now, that technology isn't necessarily directly applicable to ships because ships operate in a very different way and you'd be very mistaken to think you could take... An America's Cup wing, make it stronger, make it bigger, and and put it on a ship because the the operational profile of the requirements of the ship are very different. But what we learned what we developed in the Cup, was a lot of simulator, simulate, simulation and optimization tools, not just to optimize the shape of the wing, but optimize uh, how the vessel interacts with the wing and how you extract the best performance out of the wing, not only through its design optimization, but the way you configure the wing originally. Um, So it's that technology and that software that we developed in the cup that were really reconfigured and used for developing uh, developing these wings.
1: Simon Schofield from Bar Technologies. He says the issue isn't about taking the wing sail and trying to fix it onto a ship's hull as it is, but to find the right design that is suitable for the vessel and to build the system holistically. Here's Simon talking about the need to understand all the influences a wind assist system has on a ship.
2: Um, so the technology is, uh, that we've developed is in a, a number of, there's a number of elements to, to the, the package that we're proposing. Um, and to start with, there's obviously the concept of the wing. We specialise in, in CFD and very high-resolution simulations. And we're very experienced at, at predicting the the behaviour and performance of wings, because of what we do day in day out to a very very high resolution in the in the in the America's Cup, so we don't feel like we have to go and do tank testing or wind tunnel testing. We feel like, as the aerodynamic model, we have, have a very good grip of the amount of thrust we're going to produce and the amount of drag. Yeah. Um, but that's only actually, and I think this is where. Some people uh maybe oversimplify the problem because they look at the problem and they say, we produce X amount of thrust, so you have to reduce the engine usage by an equivalent amount. But actually what you have to do is you have to look at the whole ship holistically when you you fit a device to it. Because as soon as you start fitting wings to a ship or kites or anything else to a ship, Flettner the rotors, they're all got the same problem. You start producing side force. To counteract that side force, effectively you have to, the ship has to produce lift. So the ship has to go sideways, something we call leeway. Now that leeway um, increases drag. It makes it takes away some of that gain that you, you've already made from affecting the wing through additional drag associated with it. You also have a problem that at you, your moment on the ships, you have to now apply rudder angle. Um, and then you have an inflow angle into the propeller because you've got leeway, which is affecting your propeller efficiency. You're not necessarily loading your engine to the optimum performance you'd normally load your engine to because some of the thrust has been produced by the wing so maybe your engine is now away from its most efficient operational profile as well so what what we do is we, we use the same techniques we we use when we're developing race boats and we can we create something called a velocity prediction program we've written one specifically for for ships which we call ship seat that takes all those Uh, simulation models and brings them together and then optimises the ship as a whole.
1: And while there's many striking and dramatic photographs of the wing sales in action during the America's Cup, you'll not find any plans or pictures yet from the Bar Technologies solution. Here's John Cooper, the company's chief executive officer.
2: We've actually taken the complete diverse approach um, in that we've got a lot of people saying, can we have a drawing? And we're saying, no, not until we've got something thoroughly professional uh, to show you. So we've got... We've got our concepts, we've got our patent in, um, uh, so we've got lots of renderings, but we, uh, we refuse to actually release those renders uh, until they've got some really good and perfect detail on them, uh, because we want to be a company that's renowned for doing rather than drawing.
1: Simon Schofield and John Cooper from Bar Technologies. While the wingsail has similarities with an airplane wing, one airplane manufacturer has also taken an interest in wind assist technologies, but not with a wing, but with a large kite. Esses is based in Toulouse, France, home of Airbus, from where it's emerged. It's backed by the giant airplane maker, which will also become its first client. Airbus will be building a row-row vessel to transport its airplane parts between its manufacturing sites. It will install a wing sail, that's the name of the Airsea's kite design, onto a vessel in a move to cut the company's overall industrial CO2 footprint. Airsea's business development director, Luke Reinhardt, was at this year's Green Ship Technology ship Conference and was on stage to describe the technology. So,
0: in this hardware part, you have the flying equipment uh, composed of the traction wing uh, that will be 1,000 square metres. And underneath you have the flight control pod that allows an automated control uh, of the wing while in the sky. Uh, Because one important thing to note is that we are having what we call dynamic flight, basically doing eight shapes in the sky uh, and leveraging on aerodynamical law that basically, uh, sorry, I'm not uh, a specialist in this, but uh, that the traction force is proportional to the velocity squared of the wing. Basically, you move, you generate more energy and traction. Uh, and then finally, we have the landing system, so composed of a mast... Uh, the
1: system the is not the, the first kind space, of system that shipping has seen. About ten years ago, a German company, SkySales tried to do something similar and had a demonstration model on a coastal vessel. Reinhardt told the audience that the air-sea system is automated and will also have the ability to be linked to vessel performance and, importantly, to weather routing. And if all goes well, it will be installing up to 50 pipes on some bulk carriers owned by Japanese owner K-Line. And these could have an area of about 1,000 square meters.
0: By the pure force, pure human strength. So we have this automation Uh, and also automated use uh, on the bridge basically you'll have the software with the decision aid uh, telling you when conditions are favorable to deploy the system and finally another Nearly all the vessels with wind-assist uh,
1: technologies on board today are retrofits being installed on existing vessels to determine their performance, and then perhaps becoming permanent fixtures. There are exceptions. An offshore wind turbine transportation ship, E-Ship One, was designed and built with four Flettner rotors on board. The ability to build a vessel with a wind assist technology in mind will also allow the designers to go back to the drawing board. But are naval architects are familiar with optimising hull shapes for wind assist technologies? Two graduates in Europe believe they have the answer. They're perhaps the only two experts that I've met with PhDs in wind assist technologies. A Dutchman and an Italian, the pair worked on their PhDs in the Delft University of Technology and have now formed an advisory firm, Blue Wasp, where WASP stands for Wind Assisted Ship Propulsion.
3: Well, it's actually, yeah, the two of us. It's me and my colleague, uh, Nico van der Kolk. He has a PhD on the hydro mechanics, so on the hydro part of wind-assisted ships, and I have a PhD on the aerodynamics.
1: So I called up Giovanni Bordogna, one of the two founders of Blue Wasp, to ask him about optimization in a wind-assist solution.
3: Yeah, so... As you, as you know, there are a lot of technologies out there, a lot of wind assist technologies. That could be um, rigid wings, uh, kites, flattener rotors, ventifoils, foils, um, and so on. So each of these technologies has its own peculiarity in terms of performance. So depending on the wind condition and depending on the type of ship, one technology could be better a better solution than another one so there is not a clear winner in terms of performance um that's my opinion then of course you also need to look into more uh, practical issues so how that fit on boards Um, that of course also depends on the operating profile of the ship where the ship has to sail the um, type of ships and so on so um, if i had to look at these possibilities I wouldn't be able to say which one is best, uh, which one is a certain winner. So you need to um, know the performance of each of uh, these technology and understand how this integrates with the, uh, with the ship you are considering. So it's really much uh, ship dependent um, and also depending on the, on the weather conditions, on the wind conditions. So that's why uh, proper analysis, it's, uh, it's, um, it's required, it's, uh, it's necessary. I think the technology providers, at least most of them, I would say they're trying to develop um, a technology that complies some, um, let's say, practical um, requirements. Also, they try to improve the aerodynamics uh, efficiency or performance uh, per se of the of, um, the technology they're um, trying to sell. But I don't think they're, at this point, trying to understand how this can actually uh, fit and integrate properly in a holistic and integrated uh, way on the ship. So that's, I think, something that's missing at the moment. And also, like, the, the wind-assisted ships that we're, sealing, that we're uh, seeing sailing at the moment, they're all uh, retrofit. So it means, basically, that you take the ship as this and you install the uh, Wind Assist device, and you try to save as much fuel as possible, but that ship is not optimised for Wind Assist. So if you have to make a new build, I would say that the ship would look considerably different and the percentage savings that you could aim at are uh, certainly much higher. But it's something that I don't see yet. It's not happening yet.
1: Giovanni Bodogner from Blue Wasp, perhaps the industry's first dedicated Wind Assist consultancy. There are now a growing number of firms trying to develop solutions for the industry. And while I have spoken to a few of them over the years, I have also seen some disappear. The costs and perhaps the timing overwhelming them. But I do see things today being better for them as we work on the decarbonisation roadmap of the IMO. Now, to end this episode of Aranax, let's take a look at the startup world with our regular update from Nick Chubb from Thetius. Thanks, Craig. It's actually been a great week for startups. Uh, First
4: off, a bit of investment news. Great Point Ventures led a $16 million Series A investment in the digital customs platform ClearNow. Uh, the customs clearance space is actually really interesting right now. In September last year, Amazon acquired uh, INLT, which was an American digital customs platform, uh, and they're now building that into their own infrastructure. Uh, and as well as Clear, now there are two other startups, both operating out of Israel, AI Docs and All Types, and they're working on building AI platforms to fix the tricky and quite expensive problem of, of customs clearance. Uh, in partnerships news, uh, there's F-Drones, the Singapore-based drone startup. Uh, we picked them as a, as a one-to-watch earlier in the year. Uh, and last week, they announced the first commercial beyond visual line-of-sight delivery to a ship. And this week, they're announcing a new partnership with ships agency provider, GAC, uh, it's intended to help them uh, develop their proprietary drone that will be able to deliver 100 kilos of supplies up to 100 kilometers offshore, completely emissions free and autonomously. Uh, they've begun uh, testing of their uh, 50 kilo, 50 kilometer drone, uh, which will be running commercially later on this year. In other news, 12 startups have been awarded 50,000 Singapore dollars each as part of Pier 71 Smart Port Challenge. Uh, All sorts of weird and wonderful things among the winning startups, ranging from a a blockchain-based seafarer certificate platform uh, to more drones that can carry out enclosed space uh, inspections. Uh, And lastly, uh, a bit of happy news for Port of Rotterdam's spin-off, Port Exchange. Uh, They announced this week that Ocean Network Express will be adopting their
1: port call optimization platform after a successful trial back in 2019. Nick Chubb from Thetius, looking at the startup world. That's all. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for updates and visit Fathom World to get our weekly newsletter full of transformation upsides. And if you want to give me a call, you know where to find me.